This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. Musicians face enormous challenges in every performance and recording studio session. But few speak about the responsibility and process of how they handle each moment in the spotlight. My guest today prepares us for the raw emotion that she faces as a performer. Pianist Beth Levin is renowned for sharing her inimitable strength of mind through her powerhouse playing. Last week in the broadcast of part one of this interview, we spoke about her recent live recording of the Hammerklavier by Beethoven. And today, Beth Levin speaks honestly about facing the depression that can threaten to sabotage or enlighten her performances. I admire her courage in speaking honestly about this. It is not often addressed publicly in the performer's world. And in the latter part of the interview, she shares with us one of her poems, a remarkable moment when we are drawn into her interior world. A bold exponent of contemporary music, Beth features Carousello by Anders Eliasson on her recording, which you have just heard in the opening of our show. You will also hear the Preludium from the Handel Suite Number no. 3. These works prepare us for the journey into Beethoven's monumental work, which Beth Levin is renowned for. When you spoke about pre-concert depression, um, uh-huh. what, what is yeah. that to you? Yeah, oh gosh. Well, I, I kind of think, and I don't know this for a fact, but I kind of think we all go through something like something like it. I know I do. I, I'm almost like an invalid. It's terrible, but I am. I'm almost like an invalid before a concert. Like you'll see me, I'll just lie on the couch and drink soup. It's like I'm supposed to be ill or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't even at this point. I don't even try to get out of it. I just sort of accept it. Okay, you know, you're just going through this, and it'll be fine. But. uh Especially, I think the deeper you know you're going to go in a concert, the depression is that deep hmm. before. Not, And you know it's going to pass. I mean, it's almost like the minute you get to the concert, it changes. Like, if I get to a concert and someone go, comes up to me and starts talking, I completely get out of that mode. Interesting. You know? Interesting. But at home, for the hours before... The concert, it's usually pretty dark for me. Maybe not everyone. I know uh, one of my teachers used to go out to dinner and have fun and everything right before a concert. <laughs> but but then he'd kind of go in the room and lock himself away. And, right. and who knows what, what he felt there. I, I remember seeing uh, Rudolf Serkin in Philadelphia. I was um, in a car going to hear him. He was about to play at Curtis Institute, and we saw him. We saw him from the car walking down the street, and he, he was ashen. He was just ashen, his face. So, you know, I think you have to, it's almost, you can't avoid it, you know. You just have to go through something like that, mm-hmm. um, unless you're lucky and you just don't have that at all, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But it sounds to me like you just surrender to it, and then yeah. it, it gives you a grounding 
to be able to, I mean, you've, you're already immersing yourself in the process. Right, right, right. It's, um, it's actually yeah, kind of beautiful, know, Beth. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a little crazy. And, and I, I get writing about it was a little strange too, but I thought, Oh, what the, what the heck? You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This is something that all performers face. And it's something that isn't talked about enough, I feel. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. everyone is always trying to be put on a good face of being in control yeah. and able to manage. And we know mm-hmm. that there is some sort of process before a concert mm-hmm. that can sometimes be debilitating for some. And, and right. for others, they're just able to access a certain flow and focus. It's different for everyone, isn't it? But it's amazing to hear you speak about that. So honestly, I loved that. Because, you know, I guess it's kind of like a a little birth, you know, but you have to to give some things away to find a new birth in in music. And Mm -hmm. there's a sense, perhaps, of mournfulness with that, too. And of course, everything you go through to find the inner soul of it. Wow. Oh boy. I I you're you're um you know articulating it well. Yeah. But Thank I you. like the day before I'm perfectly fine and then no matter what something mm-hmm. is going to happen like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're you're so right. I mean, we all have these demons to face. That's right. And we have to surrender to it. It's when we don't, we have the issues, you know? Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right there. Can, yeah, can, there's no fighting it. Can we can we speak about your Hammer Clavier recording a little bit? Um, I think it's uh-huh. absolutely stunning, and I adore oh, thank you. the handle. I, I adore it. Oh, thank This recording you. opening with the handle, it gives me, oh, I, I love it. I, I have a little frisson. I'm a big lover of handle, and there's a clarity about the handle that seems to set us up for the Beethoven so well. Oh, good, good. Is, yeah, the handle is one, oh. That piece is just fantastic. I was in love with it. <laughs> so, yeah. So do you that, feel well, the you know, same? Beethoven loved Handel That's so right. much. That's right. Yeah. So this is the, uh, for those who don't know, this is the Handel Third Suite for Piano in D Minor. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I always feel that there's such an art to programming, Beth, and um, I think sometimes we have to have a a little sorbet, (laughs) like Handel, to to clean (laughs) the palate, you know, so to speak.
And then, of course, it is followed by one of your modern masterpieces, is it not? Right. That's Anders Eliasson. Mm-hmm. And the again, Swedish complex. Complex. Oh, boy, talk about that. He goes so deeply, but it, again, in a very organic way, mm-hmm. uh, his music, it's, you know, I always find him, and he's gone now, it's a shame, he, he died a few years ago. Mm. Uh, he, he was just one of the great composers who's probably a bit overlooked. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was glad to have that on the uh, concert well, and, and the recording. You are his champion. He will be remembered forever. Um, yes, one of many, many. He has some very fine players who love his work and have done it over the years. Well, so let's talk about this recording situation. Is there some sort of like personal marker to you when you know that a recording session has been like super successful? Oh boy, yeah. Um gosh, I guess I probably don't know. I, <laughs> I there's another place where faith comes into it. Like I think again, if you Play if you're really, really prepared and you go in and you're sort of just so eager to get it all down. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And then if you just, if some things, again, are, are repeated, you just go for more and more and more, maybe the fifth time, you'll know, yeah, that's the one. You'll know, you'll know mm-hmm. the take that mm-hmm. you like the best. Mm-hmm. And with your team around you, sounds like you're doing just fine. <laughs> right, right. Sometimes I need someone to say no. <laughs> I love this. I absolutely love this. Well, you know, Beth Levin, I have the feeling that, that you are an American who has this, let's call it steadfastness. But you also uh-huh. seem to have this old world European heart. There's mm. there's this thing about you and your playing, the way you address the piano, the way you address a life. Am, am I close here in my assessment of you? Um. Oh, I think you you've sort of nailed me. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you should see my apartment. <laughs> I'm looking around at all this old furniture. Oh, I love I'm it. Thinking my piano is so old. It's um, 1893. And uh, there you have it right there. Yeah. No, yeah, I think I'm a little bit almost too much immersed in the past. Because of all the great musicians um, I had as teachers who knew, like, you know, Brahms, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. who knew all the dislikes that, what that they, you know, tried to show you. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely have that kind of soul, yes. That's so Definitely. fantastic, though. It, it is almost a lost art. And mm. y- you have to keep perpetuating this, my dear. And okay. <laughs> I have to say, just on another note entirely, a lighter note, uh-huh. sure. you perpetuate through this through your Facebook posts. Now, in, <laughs> in a time when so many people are hating social media, Beth mm. Levin comes out and you choose the most beautiful things, whether it be art or the art of musical notation, which I find fascinating. Oh, but, I love that. Yeah. And of course, your ritual of coffee. 
I mean, so I, you know, I'm avoiding Facebook, but suddenly I'm looking forward to all of your posts because not only have you made it rich, but we're, we're feeling like we're being taken back to Vienna somehow <laughs> where your piano fits in. And um, I have to thank you for that because I, 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 I feel I get to know you through these wonderful postings, which really give oh, us an, an, an aura of beauty rather than, you know, just the grim realities of the world right now. And I, I oh, so appreciate yeah, that. Oh, gosh. You know, I try to get real and put in a few <laughs> articles about what's actually going on in the world. But, but a lot of it is, is art and music. And totally. people say to me, oh, I know you from your posts, you know. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. I, I, I love it. Again, it's sort of a surprise that mm-hmm. people react that way. Oh, it's lovely. It's so lovely. And I, I want to share everything you're putting out there because, uh, you know, we get enough of the news, Beth. We, we want to see the yes, pictures of yes. coffee. And, 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 <laughs> and so that brings me to tell me about your love affair with the ritual of coffee. Yeah, I'm not sure how that came about. But, I mean, even now when we're talking, I have to have coffee near me on the table I, I might not even drink it you know mm-hmm. or when I'm teaching I mean oh, I have to have coffee there <laughs> or it just won't happen or if I'm practicing yeah. coffee just seems to invade and take over uh, not that I you know I don't think I really uh, overdo it it's just that I have to have a cup of coffee there And uh, I I love everything about it. You know, it really gets me going. And um, I love the stories of Beethoven and his coffee and him counting out the beans every day, a very specific amount for his coffee. Is that right? Yes, yes. He he was very um, picky about his beans. (laughs) And I I don't know, coffee just, just seems like, it's something that brings us all together. I mean, I know there are great tea lovers out there, too. And I like tea, but I'm really a coffee lover at heart. I love this connection to Beethoven via the coffee. How, did, he oh, like yeah. his, did he like his coffee strong? Was that it? Yes. Yes, he did. Perhaps, <laughs> Beth Levin, you are Beethoven incarnate. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, 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 no. <laughs> that that would, can never be. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. That that would speak well to that that, that pre-concert depression, you know? That, mm, <laughs> I think that would answer yeah. some questions there. And you really, he seems to be one of your best friends when it comes to the musical world. Am, am I right? It's true. It, it really is true. I mean, it sort of amazes me, but I feel such an affinity. I mean, the... Uh, the third concerto that I played not too long ago, I mean, I just felt like, oh, come on, I'm born to play this. Mm-hmm. I, I just have to play it, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm exaggerating, but I think you sort of have to have that feeling if you're going to play Beethoven, that oh. you, it's inevitable. It has to be inevitable, you know. That's so exciting. I can't believe I'm speaking to Beethoven Incarnate right now. Right down to the coffee. I love that. Oh, well, yeah, the coffee, definitely. There I can see. Yeah, there's some relation there. Relationship. 
So have you considered writing a book on Beethoven? Oh, gosh, no. I'm glad there are other brainy people out there to do that. No, <laughs> no, no. No, I I don't think so. I, I think it'll just be through the music. Every once in a while, I'll write an article about a piece mm-hmm. like the, the Hamaclavier. If something's really, really uh, boiling up, like uh, I think I wrote about the last three sonatas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because when you're so, when it means so much to you, it sort of comes out in words as well as at the piano. Mm. But um, I, I don't think I have a book, no. Not in you, huh? Not yet? No. <laughs> never seen ever, Beth. Never seen ever. Okay. <laughs> but you have been writing poetry. And I am so intrigued. And, and of course, you spoke about your poems that have been set to music, which is very exciting. Oh, yeah. So how did did the entry into the world of poetry come to you? Boy, I'm not sure. I I think, again, kind of just very naturally, every once in a while, I just have to write something down. Like, Mm -hmm. it's in my head and I, or it'll keep me up at night or something. And I just have to write it down. I mean, I don't think of myself as a poet, just someone who is loving words recently and, and putting them together. And then again, I think the uh, pandemic has something to do with that Mm -hmm. too, because, you know, we're in this situation where, oh, you have a lot of time, you Mm -hmm. know, you have mm-hmm. time and time to think and feel, and a poem just seems to uh, evolve from that. Mm. So my next question, Beth Levin, has to be, would you read something for us, please? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, you know, I have this poem about working at the piano uh, during the pandemic, so I guess that that will be the one. That Sh- is the I one. Oh, Beth Levin, <clears throat> I, I give you center stage right now to give us your art in words. Oh, thank you. Okay. Uh, the title is Further In. Uh, and here's the poem. Uh, look at a page of music as a place to breathe. Dissect the voices. See where they lead as if you are a camel in the desert and music eternity. Perhaps you've listened to performances from the past, been interviewed or Zoomed a recital. Now is the process, the only time that matters. Let the slow new work begin to hatch. Ask why of the music more often, the urgency of a recital date gone, but another compulsion taking its place, one fantasy propelling the work forward to an unimagined space. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, know. that is Beth Levin, poet. Oh, um, thank you this, for that chance. This is really interesting. You're setting a scene here of infinite possibilities. Mm. I love that. Well, <laughs> Let the new work know. hatch. I love that that oh, word yeah. you're using. I mean, for instance, 
Wow. And the the demons that come out of this, of course, you know, coming up to the surface, but yet, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they they are the the sprinkle of something so exciting that goes into your music making. Wow. Wow. Oh, thank you. You know, I can only imagine that a great many young artists are quite inspired by you, not only by your music making, but exactly what you've read, um, your own creation in words. I have a feeling there'll be many more poems to follow. Um, Maybe we'll see that book of poetry, and maybe you'll just pass that on to the next generation of pianists. Oh, that would be interesting. Thanks for that idea. (laughs) You have time, Beth Levin, and we are all waiting because you lead us into another world. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you really do. And talk about immersive. Uh, I, I'm going to leave this interview and go listen to the hammer clavier again. And I'm going to lay down oh, on wow. my couch and try to assume this very <laughs> Beth Levin pose, you know? <laughs> yeah, okay. Listen, we've, we've come to the part of the interview where I have to ask my famous question, and that, that really is this. What word or phrase comes to your mind about where you are right now in your journey as a musician? Mm. Oh, yeah, that's a hard one. Uh, but I think it's a word that I think I, I, I've always had and always will have, and that's hopeful. Oh, I um, love that. You know, I found this little quote of Cormac McCarthy who I think of as a probably a real curmudgeon. <laughs> and if he, if he could be hopeful, anybody can be hopeful. But he says, keep a little fire burning, however small, however hidden. Yes, yes. I just love it. Anyway, hopeful. We have to be hopeful, my goodness. Yes, we That's do. That's what we have. We have hope. Yeah, it seems there are very few things to hold on to that are solid, but hope is always there. And it gives way to charity and kindness and and all these things you are about in your life. And as a musician, I just, wow, I'm blown away by you today. And I'm blown away by your poem. I'm, oh, thank you. I'm loving this, Beth. You know, you above many others, uh, I'm, I'm calling you a goddess. But let's just say the piano is your voice, you know, when mm. you talk about singing and that singing quality, but the piano is your your voice. And I'm yes. thrilled to speak to you about your musical journey, and, and I'm totally, and I mean 100%, inspired by your titanic and inner strength. I just, oh, thank you. I'm glad. Once again, Beth, I have to thank you for being on Center Stage. And um, I hope all the tomorrows are great for you. I know you have some some concerts coming up. Can you give us an idea of what we have to look forward to? Oh, let's see. Um, I always forget what I have, but I think <laughs> I, I do remember I have, uh, in June, I have a concert for the Tourette. Foundation and it's all Jewish composers. I'm re- hmm. that I'm learning now. That's so going to be interesting. That's really exciting me. Yeah, and and also another modern uh, concert where I'm playing the work of Jeremy Gill, who's someone who just sent me a piece out of the blue uh, based on Dowland, oh. and I loved it. and And I'm going to perform that. Oh, wow. And there, there, and the recording of course, the recording sort of is the thing I'm obsessed with right now, <laughs> trying to get the pieces 
going. Now, this is the Liszt Sonata and also yeah. the pictures and an exhibition. Right. Wow. Right. This is big stuff, Beth. You're going to have to eat a steak and pasta and re- <laughs> lay down on that couch for a little while before this one. Um, <laughs> this is going to be so exciting. And where are you rec- making that recording? Um, well, I'm making it in North Carolina at uh, a studio where I've actually perf- I've performed there before. Mm. Uh, and I know the hall and I know the piano and and I know the people, as I was saying, you know, I feel at home there. Oh, that's uh, but so great. it's for a label in Munich, Germany. But I sort of I thought this can work that I'll I'll make the recording here and give them the master. I love it. Very exciting. I can't wait. Ah, and just tell us, you, you, your piano, you say you have a vintage um, yeah. instrument at home. Is it a Steinway? Is that your piano yes. of choice? It is. I have to say, I mean, I've played beautiful pian- pianos that weren't Steinways, but I do somehow really feel at home with a Steinway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has that titanic strength for you. It it well, this, you head this on. Well, this piano does have a great bass. I mean, when I play the lift, it really, really um, can hold up to Liszt and Mussorgsky and everything <laughs> like that. <laughs> you and you and Marta Argerich. I mean, you are the the physical <laughs> Athenas out there. I love this. Listen, Beth Levin, I've got to thank you for being on Center Stage. You have really been an inspiration today. I oh, real my honor, my honor completely. Thank you. It's always great to have you come back and join me anytime. And I look forward to this upcoming list um, and Mazorksky um, uh, recording and all yeah. the concerts that we'll be watching out for now that the music business is coming back and we're finding our balance again. And you've helped us find that balance in this interview. So thank you so much. And to Oh, my pleasure. And to all my listeners out there, I hope you will go to my website, centerstagewithpamelacoon.com, for more information on my show and a gallery of episodes to listen to. And I hope you will also visit bethlevenpiano.com for more information on my exciting artist today. Beth, take care of yourself and keep writing that poetry. I really look forward to the first release of of the first book of poems. I love it. (laughs) Oh, thank you. And to everyone, please stay safe out there. Take care of yourselves, and I hope you'll revisit my show again. In the meantime, this is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is now down on Center Stage. (laughs) 